As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hi guys, my name is Tamika Newhouse, best-selling author of Sugar Hill and the publisher of Delphine Publications, and you are tuned to Traces of Mika Season 2, The Other Side of Healing. Howdy guys. Hola. (laughs) (laughs) Alright guys, you are tuning in for the finale episode of Traces of Mika Season 2, and I am joined here by my partner, my, um, I guess she's going to be... What you call it? My partner in crime, and she is the yin to her yang. Did I to say it right? Yang. Okay, my yang to her yin. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Legend Laquita. Did I say it right? Legend. <laughs> okay, legendary For those that don't Laquita. Know, you're not around her. She can't talk. Yeah, I have a list, so it keeps me from being able to enunciate and articulate. Is it bad. enunciate? Did I say it right? Enunciate. It's bad. Enunciate or pronunciate, pronunciate, pronunciation, enunciate or say the words correctly. So in any event, I mean, well, she does. So today's conversation is going to be on friendships and partnerships. Uh, so I don't know if you guys, and I'm getting comfortable. <clears throat> I don't know if you guys listen to season one, a lot of season one, I think you bought three or four episodes, right. but there is a skit on season one called They Need they Vegas. Vegas. <laughs> Because we were celebrating 420. 420. So this is the backstory behind dating these niggas. We were celebrating 420. And one of our friends came over to also smoke. So we yep. were just, you know, having a good time. And we just started talking about all these different... Well, how come up? All these different know. type of niggas that it you could date. because we were high. Okay, that was what was going on. Yeah, it was any, one of the anything things. goes. And so, oh, you know, I'm a relationship... You know, I like to think I'm a relationship expert and stuff like that. Yeah. So, expert. So, I wanted to, you know, first to give, you know, your expertise, you have to identify the types of niggas that exist. Right. So, that's where we got into talking about the types of dudes that exist and, you know, how to date them. So, dating these niggas. What did you think about that? What? Dating these niggas. Why now? Oh, because I'm just telling them about you. (laughs) (laughs) And who you are. She was on season one. Hello. I need you to catch up. Wake up, man. I'm the one that did all the laughing in season one. Yes. Yes. Very much so. But I kept it out, though. Yes, she did. She Mm -hmm. always keeps it funny and humorous or whatever. But I like to think that I'm the comedian. 
So in any event, I wanted to bring you on to season two. You mm-hmm. can look at me and not the camera, man. We talking to each other. Okay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. So I wanted to bring you on for season two because obviously um, we work and our lives are intertwined in more ways than one than people can ever imagine. And I want people to be able to see that there is a way to build a partnership with like-minded individuals. There is a way to make it work. Mm-hmm. And so I want to talk about how our union got started because people always think that either we can, we sisters, or we go or together. We go together. <laughs> Just got asked that question. On right. <laughs> so, in any event, let's talk about it. I met you at 12, 13 years ago. Definitely about that long ago. I came in with my roller bag of books. Yes. I had my books in my little roller bag. Just yeah. oh, oh, 09. Heavily opinionated. Yes. About what? Oh, yeah, yeah. We ain't going to talk about that. <laughs> we ain't going to talk about that because apparently people didn't like me because I had this mouth. Like, I don't know. I just... I saw some things, I made comments, and apparently they rubbed people the wrong way. Um, but in any event, I'm green, so I'm just, you know, in my own world, lollygagging, whatever. Coming to the store, you sitting behind the booth, she owned a bookstore. Not a bookstore, well, then you own a bookstore. Five. And she ended up owning five. That's pretty <laughs> dope, right? So she had, she had this independent bookstore uh, chain along the East Coast called the Leary Joint. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't called Leroy Joint that time when I went. It was called something else. Um, and so when I went to a store, I had you got to tell my but you know tell about the encounter. So, so now Queen gonna take over and tell about our first encounter, <laughs> our history. Tamika was you were hilarious. Um, you had all these opinions about everybody else's <laughs> books, the type of people that were coming in the store. What they should and should not be buying. I don't think that was on the first visit. Yeah, it was. I, I don't remember. remember that. And I just had to explain to you that my customer base wasn't going to buy the book because it was ugly. Yeah, she did. You did say my <laughs> book was ugly. And it actually looked a little something like my, my shirt. Always it was yellow. Yeah, it was yellow. And it was an Afrocentric lady on it. But it ain't had anything to do you know, with the storyline. I just thought that it was a pretty clean cover art. But... It was clean cover art. It just couldn't sit on the shelves in the genre you wanted to and expect people to pick it up first. In any event, <laughs> I took the constructive feedback. She did. And I, I designed a new cover. And we made lots of money together. Yes, we actually That's the did. Key point. We made a lot of money. <laughs> and I'm from, I'm still this little country girl from Texas, have no experience with East Coast folks at all. But I literally used to come up to DC area every month. Look, yeah, every other month uh-huh. or so, selling my books, talking to people. I'd be on the corners, on the street corners, on the street corners, waving my book in the air. I'd be at all the book hood bookstores. Book yep, I'd be like, "Come get your autographed copy," as if I was somebody, and I was. I would be in New York on the corners with the book vendors as well, and Quita had all the. All the connects with the book, the book vendors, the bookstores. Because uh, not only that, you had uh, distribution. You got to tell about what you were doing, man. It's not about me. But um, when well, I had this the is stores, Traces of Mika, and you're Traces true, of me. Because I distributed your books too. <laughs> yes. Um, my reach went from the stores to distribution and then eventually to publishing because that was the cheapest way to have a lower bottom line. And it's always about the money for me. Yeah, for her, it's always about the money. Because I'm about to say, well, what's the bottom line? Oh, yeah, that's right, money. <laughs> so 
So yeah, her hands was in a lot of different things. And at this point, I think when you were starting to publish Delphine Publications was, we was doing the damn thing. I was grossing. Mm-hmm. Ugh, I don't want to put my numbers out there, but it was a Here nice round six figure. I, just <laughs> on books. Okay, I put it out there. Just on books, you know, I would pocket or my company would bring in anywhere from 20000 30000 a month just from... Mm-hmm. The books, the ebooks alone. And yeah. so then we would go and do our trade shows, and then you knew we'll do 3000 you know, just the weekend at these mm-hmm. book events. And um, I think our dynamic started getting closer because my hands is always in everything. Like your hands is in distribution, mm-hmm. um, the bookstores, uh, book marketing. Now you're doing the publishing, you hitting the road with your writers. I was doing the same. Mm-hmm. So our paths were overlap, they were crossed. <laughs> For years, because again, we the same age. We was dominating, yep. you know, the we industry in both of our in our lanes. She twenty came in and took over my title of the youngest. No, I'm am. still the youngest. I'm, I was the youngest. Oh my yeah, yeah. That's right. You like two months. <laughs> she two months younger than I'm at. But I came in as the youngest writer, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I was just doing the most, and in a good way. Really doing the most. In a good way. I, I lived. I had a bomb ass time. I had a bomb ass time. Talking. Why can't you just go back? I know, right, man. <laughs> it was people don't get it. Writers can live the life of a musician or an actor or like mm-hmm. this rock star or whatever. Like we have our own industry and our own world, our own events, our own parties, our own. You know, Everything. couples or gossip and whatever the case is, we had a whole same beefs the same and thing. Drama. Yeah, beefs and drama. Like we the music and right, and really we write books. <laughs> um, but it was fun, man. It, it, it was. was fun. Um, once one year we crossed paths at what was called the Black Pack Party. We did. Yes, the Black in Harlem. Oh, you talking about um, from Harlem Book Fair? Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh no! It was some type of after party for the Harlem Book Park. Party. Yeah, it was for the Harlem Book Fair. Talking about Quan's after party. Yes. Ooh. Shout out to Quan. <laughs> if you're going to a Quan party, Lord. Or if you're going to a Quan book signing, I think. Right. I, I, my my stores were so unorthodox <laughs> when Animal came out, and I know he still remembers this. We had a line out the door. It was pouring down, raining. But I just remember we made every customer of mine, no matter the age, take a shot of Hennessy because that's his favorite drink. When I say lit, and he took lit. a shot with everybody, <laughs> he took a shot with every customer. He ain't never drink with Quan at all. Like I, that was the first. I, I think I drank Remy one night for the first time, dealing with Quan and his friends. Don't do brown it. liquor, Don't straight do brown it. liquor. I'm telling y'all, nah, <laughs> nope, never again, never again. That that was grown folk drinking. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, the, those parties was fun. Like I, I miss seeing you know some of those writers and being around that whole energy and that was fun before you know a lot of what we call the Facebook writers right came around. You know the industry shifted. Um, everybody, mama was publishing. There was hundreds and hundreds of ebooks coming out versus just a few. When you say everybody was publishing, you know, and we talked about this in season one, you can call me disrespectful. Everybody was not publishing because most of the self published people wasn't even a business. Okay. Everybody was uploading. Okay, so let me say you're right. Everybody, everybody was uploading books into Amazon. 
That's what y'all were doing. Y'all weren't getting the edit. Taking other people y'all were right taking other people manuscripts, <laughs> creating cults, um, manipulating the, the system. So now you getting everybody mama to strategically download a book at a certain time, and it's fucking up the numbers, and it's it's just it's it changed the algorithm. Amazon always trying to find a way to get ahead of it because black folks is finding a way to manipulate the system. Well, not just black folks, but white folks were doing it too. Writers in general was finding a way to to beat their system, and so Amazon will find a new way, a new yeah. algorithm, or a new system to circumvent to, it. Exactly, and so then it became harder to earn the same amount of money that you used to earn. So everything was shifting. On top of that, I think us by the time we cross paths again. It was weird because I don't even know how we just talked one day. We was just maybe. I don't remember how we ended up on the phone, but I know it was when we had came up with um, with LLP, and we was literally on the yeah. phone like, "What you doing? What you doing?" Right. Well, let's do it together. <laughs> and it was something about making money. I'm like working, yep. trying to make money because at this point, you know, I'm trying to I'm transitioning out of one thing and trying to restructure. I had I'm some burnt potential out. clients. You had yep. some potential clients, and we just put them. We together. was like, let's work together. Then it made sense. Um, I think what work with us is you have your strengths mm-hmm. and I have my strengths and neither one of us try to do each other's job. Not even a little bit. I don't want to do what you do. And I definitely don't want to do And she don't want to do She Like we would listen and we have like, you know, we can get on the scale of things. I can understand what you're doing and vice versa. But of course. I ain't trying to do it and she not trying to do it. So I'm the creative one. She the business. I'm the business one. And I think that partnerships work when people identify their strength and they respect their space and they work together and they own space. That's what I was about to say. It's a difference between understanding what your role is and accepting what your role is. Do you get what Uh, I'm saying? Like you can know that somebody is is not strong in something, Mm -hmm. but if you keep badgering them, that means you don't accept it. Like it's it's not necessarily you trying to make them better. It's you wanting them to be who you want them to, them to be, be, even though you know that's, that's not, not a strength for them. Yeah. yeah, so I think we work well together because our strengths and weaknesses are different, and we accept what each other's strengths and weaknesses are. Mm-hmm. I think that's a key point. And even when she get on my nerves... Yeah, which I do. I don't... I allow, I allow the, the moment to happen, because it's going to happen. You're, people are going to get on your nerves. Like mm-hmm. It's going to be some type of... You know, disagreement is going to be frustration and, and where you may have an, a disagreement and an argument, but I allow that space to happen. We, you know, have a little moment and probably on the same day or the matter of hours, we talking about, okay, what you want to eat? <laughs> or, okay, I'm about to roll up me straight or like whatever. Like we just keep it moving because what are we going to do? Stay mad? Right. The goal is the money. Right. The goal <laughs> is the money. Work. We can't make no money being mad at each other. At all. Uh, so after we launched LS, so LFP was our first brand management company that we launched together. Mm-hmm. Then you went ghost again. She had her moments where she go ghost, and this is me allowing her to be her, be in her two space. Sides to every story, two sides, my side right. <laughs> <laughs> my I didn't go ghost. I launched another company. <laughs> See. <laughs> Okay, so first, okay, so this is that's so, okay. Let's talk about that because I forgot how you did that. Thank you for reminding me. So here we are, already launched a whole company. It's registered, everything. Yeah. <laughs> we, we were a real licensing. We were a real business. Did did she go and start a whole other company? Now let me explain why. 
<laughs> okay. No, real. And my and my reasons may not have been correct, but my my heart, I was in my heart was definitely in the right place. So when starting a company, you just can't expect to be making thousands of dollars, but you still have to survive. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I went and took a small time <laughs> job while we were doing what we were doing, so I can have a steady stream of income. Both of us are single parents. We raising our children. We trying to trying to provide stability. So the little gig that I got, they were frustrating me because I understood business and I poked holes in their infrastructure. <laughs> being insubordinate. It wasn't being insubordinate. It was being me. This is why I can't work for anybody. <laughs> Going and trying to change their operations. I didn't try. I did, and they're better all for it. But at any rate. When the road was over with that company, I still needed some type of income to support my lifestyle. So I created an identical company to theirs. And became, <laughs> Are and you supposed to be saying this? And became their competitors. <laughs> she really did, though. And not one time did I say, why, the, why is she doing that? She Don't did. do that. That's messing up what we doing. I don't want you to do that. I nope. never made it about me. She didn't. I maintained my strength and my role and what I was doing. Yep. And when it was time, she jumped back into what she <laughs> needed to. <laughs> See, I let her have her moment. Go ahead, have your moment. Do what you need and to. That was a three year moment. <laughs> yeah, that was a little, that was a little hot minute. But at the end of the day, it's like when you when you have built. I guess a friendship and an understanding um, of the other person. It's it's not about making some, their choices about you. Sometimes, sometimes right. it's about like, okay, well, that's not working for me, and this is not working for you. So let you do this, you do that, and I'm not mad. We're gonna still coexist. We're gonna still mm-hmm. communicate. We're gonna talk still talk, and you know, make it do what it do. She strategized and invested me about a company that she done left my company for <laughs> every day. <laughs> and I ain't saying shit. I'm listening. I'm encouraging. All this ex- just she listening. She me while I'm on the road in yep. the middle of the night. I gave her company a little nickname. It was called Snitch Services. I was being real supportive. And then it was time. Came back over here. And we made do what we do. We applied some of the things that she learned from that company over mm-hmm. here. You know, she had her moment too where you had to mourn that the you know, loss, the loss like of that company. It's like losing a baby. Yep. When you take something so personal and you invest your time, your money, you provide opportunities to other staff, it's it's a hard loss to mm-hmm. swallow. But when it's over, it's over. Sometimes things end and you can start something else anew. You can even start the exact same thing over and reapply, and reapply what, you learned, what you learned and get the yeah. ground running all over again. Get further than you did last time. Yeah. Just keep trying. I'll keep going. And um yeah, so I I, I think that was a an interesting uh time an interesting time and test mm-hmm. uh, of the bond because ne- neither one of us made it about made it a negative Thing or transition back and forth. I was doing the bare minimum before the important things like maybe reviewing documents or some creative brainstorming. My phone was always open and available to her, and we still talked every day like we do now. Yep. <laughs> and that takes that take me to I guess the space of well, the people may be like, well, how did y'all get there? Well, how did you get to the point of where you just accept your friend for who she is? 
and you you don't try to change them or whatever the case may be because it's not too many. I only have like a handful of people that I'm willing to put my feelings to the side sometimes. So mm-hmm. for you know right. for for you know because it ain't about me, right? Um, and so I think even though my friend Dove when it's about work, <laughs> she loves and I hate like, when I don't get taller me and will stand in front of me for a picture in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh my bad. But, but hey. hey, let me tell you why that part works <laughs> when it comes to partnership, and maybe this will help somebody else. Okay, who are dealing with you know, I want to be famous. I want to be famous. Well, okay. I want to be in the spotlight. I want to be in the spotlight. Even when I before we coexisted. And I had all those businesses and I was building this large, massive empire. I still never wanted my face attached to it. This is true. People knew I worked there, but they didn't know that I owned the entire franchise. They didn't know that the girl that was answering the phone at the bookstore (laughs) is who's cutting the checks (laughs) for all these people. (laughs) Bi-weekly, might I add. But at any rate, I think that's another reason why it works for us. We can be equal and never compete for the public's eye. Right. It's something we've never gone through because I don't want it. <laughs> not only do you not want it, you struggle with it. So even getting her to sit down for this podcast is a, a like Woo! it's very rare that right. she would even see me. Yes, because she don't like doing this stuff. Like she ain't been on Instagram by three years. <laughs> She ain't and been on Twitter what? about Wait, a year. Guess what? I didn't die. Yeah, you didn't. You I didn't, didn't die from not being on social media. I might say what you mean, like dead. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like you, like dead. I'm still surviving. Okay, I'm still living. True. It's not. It's. Not, I miss the funnies. You know, I love being like on the media. Me- so I keep you in the loop. I send her loop, the memes and stuff. Funnies. So other than that, I'm not a nosy person. I'm never really in nobody's business other than the people that's in my circle. Right. So I really don't care what 50 Cent posts <laughs> and that Will Smith is the dad of the year or Jada had an entanglement. Like that shit really has no effect on my life. Really. You are trying to build something. And in our case, we trying to get back to something mm-hmm. that we have already achieved and experienced. It's a different type of focus. Yep. You don't have to worry about, or you don't have time to worry about what Will Smith and them is doing because you're trying to be Will Smith. Yep. Literally. Like, we all have the same 24 hours in a day. And don't get me wrong. I have my days where I bullshit and I might only work for an hour. But I work. <laughs> but I work. An hour. invested enough where I know that if I need to work in the middle of the night because that's a better mm-hmm. schedule for me. That's what I'm going to do so that I can have focus. So nobody's calling my phone. So I'm not getting any text messages. So I can have as much coffee as I desire and just get in my zone. People got to learn how to get in their zone, whether it's with a person or without a person. If it's meant for you to have a person, that will come. We were around each other for years. For years. And it clicked when it was supposed to. When it was supposed to. Like literally... When it was supposed to. And it was some years, maybe like six, 
years until it got to that point of talking to y'all ass every day. This is true. It was, yeah, it, it took a lot. It took a minute and you were always there. You mm-hmm. were always considered a friend. That's crazy. <laughs> always considered a friend. So anytime I was on the East Coast, I knew I was coming to come talk to your ass. Yep. Um, even when it was time, because you never went out to go have fun or shit like that. I remember seeing your ass one time outside the bookstore and that was just, you was pulling up late even then. We had already ate. Because Quita was always at work. So you had to Literally. go to work to see Quita. To see Quita. Literally. That's probably why I'll never do another. And I say never, but we've talked about doing this. Right. So I might not say never. But doing a retail business or a cash business, it's it's a different animal to tackle. People are always going to have emergencies. People are going to always call out. And remember, I had five locations. And I was driving to Mercedes at the time. So I was fucking my cars Mm -hmm. up going up and down the road this location this location and i'm great with team building so i had solid staff at every location but life happens the more people you provide opportunities for the more things that are available to go wrong and you really got to be ready to handle that so before i guess i say this to say when deciding if you want to be a brand or a business with somebody or without somebody you got to think about the long picture, what your mm-hmm. goals really are. Is it something that you just want to do to provide a service or a product for the community? Are you going to outgrow yourself where you want to need staff? Is it even mm-hmm. your desire to have staff? Like, there's a lot that goes into running a successful business, not just a business. Just like there's a lot that goes into maintaining a successful mm-hmm. friendship. We deal with that every single day and I think that's why we're where we are. We have invested time. Yep. And not just time like regular friends, but we have a lot in common. Yep. We so have. we can be <laughs> having a business meeting and then bust out in songs. Yep. Cracking jokes. And then you know people in my background are like, well I didn't know you was on a business call. Well, you ain't hear me talking about reports. Like, I can laugh on right. my business call. I just say the song. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is true. Just be quiet. This is true. Uh, I like where we are. I, I definitely appreciate, and I thank you for the part that you have played in my journey. Like, creating, mm-hmm. um, helping me to be, uh, I guess, confident. Mm-hmm. Also... Being that 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 sounding board that I need when people are attacking me, mm-hmm. uh, when life is hard, mm-hmm. when family is getting on my nerves, um, just when I need to vent, it don't even like Queda. I called Queda a few times, and somebody that said something did something because see people don't leave me alone. People be trying to be mean to me, man. And so I tell Queda what's going on. <laughs> She about to, she catching the flight. She did this about t- at least two times this where you year. actually did it. This year. Where she would just catch a flight and what's up? I'm just saying. It was another time where she, she flew to me and we got on the road, you know, to head back up home because, you know, it was some shit I need to handle. And she was there in the passenger seat riding. Ain't say for shit hours. for hours. The ride was like twelve hours, like a twelve-hour drive, and this is the type of, I guess, dedication and friendship that I <laughs> preach. I, pre- I preach. We needed a bell. <laughs> that I appreciate 
Because, man, you allow me to be silly. You allow, you don't make fun of me when I mispronounce words. <laughs> you don't make no, me. I just correct you. <laughs> <laughs> you don't make me feel slow. You never make me think that any of my ideas are far-fetched. You'd be like, oh, or something else. Window. Yeah, because you're like, hold on. Well, can we finish this other idea or, first? No, first, can you tell me how this is about to make some money? This is true. Well, whatever. It's a difference for creatives and business moguls. Not to say that you're not a business mogul. But I am a mogul. First, I'm a mogul in the making. You operate out of passion. Yes. I operate out of profit. Yes. So you will go to the end of the earth. <laughs> Scorching fire. <laughs> I ain't got nothing left to give. <laughs> but I'm going to make it work. With nothing left but her underwear and a trash bag on. She going to the end of the earth for her passion. Mm. But sometimes passion <laughs> don't turn no into profit. <laughs> so we got a nice little balance here. Where I don't let yep. her ideas get so far-fetched that we forget. That we, we got ideas. We out of with this right. shit. Hey, and I had to, so this, so this, the the conversation I just had with Brittany and I was talking to her about the foundation of the awards. Okay. Like, and how the awards started that I invested in it. I was spending Mm -hmm. 20, 30,000 a year before I had sponsors coming in and helping to fund that festival. Mm -hmm. You came in and started putting, you basically kind of put a stop to, or made it make sense. (laughs) Because for me, I had a goal and a vision, and it needed to exist. And I wasn't trying to wait for nobody to tell me, do it. So I did it. And then I'm like, well, I want money back. And so you helped me kind of understand how to, you know. That's why we yin and yang, because it just works. It just works. Literally. (sighs) This has been a good conversation. Um, I'm excited about what we got coming up moving forward. I think where we're at now, like we are cruising yeah. We we cruising through the world. Now I feel like I need a new challenge. Here we go. I'm just saying. Like, we can't keep cruising. When you cruise, there's no growing. You just staying right here. I won't go right here. Just a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. Just, okay. just a little bit. Right. So, for those, uh, you know, who are aspiring writers, or if you have new books out, you got films, we have a media company that helps writers build their brands, develop their brands. Uh, maintaining brands, profit from their brands. Uh, we curate events, um, produce films, and oversee projects. I, I mean, it's it's almost like everything that you can think of, literally, under one umbrella. Um, and then going into twenty one, we are expanding. You know those entities, and we are bringing in new new partners. And so, if you are a spying writer, a, a spying business owner, hey. You can holler at us. Yes. Call for Schedule Free Burn Strategy Code. DelphinePublications.com, <laughs> DelphineLegacyMedia.com, The AAMBC Awards.com, What's up? TheCreativeCon.com, BlackWritersWeekend.com, TamikaNewhouse.com. Uh, what else? Is that it? Oh, AAMBC.org. Come and check us out. If you have a book and if you want to come to Black Rise Weekend every summer in Atlanta, come out, party with us, now sell you your books. Now you can also catch it online. It's yep. also digital. We're doing a hybrid thing now. Yep. Um, all of our, our sessions are on YouTube. They are full of content, full of information, you guys. Y'all can really go and discover 
all, I mean, almost all the resources you need from publishing to marketing to uh, finding an agent, it's all sitting on our YouTube. So just go to AANBC on YouTube and all those videos will, go, will come up. I'll go to Black Writers Weekend. You even going to see a video where my name say Queen Brown. <laughs> That's an inside joke. Shout out to ML Henry, our friend. So this, this is a good, this is a good struggle story. So we ain't had no budget for a crew. <laughs> So I asked my friend, ML Henry, he's, he, at that point he was aspiring videographer. And you know, free sometimes don't mean good. And we asked Mr. Henry to interview us. And so he, he did, he interviewed us about Black Rights Weekend and writings and things like that. And he interviewed Queen And he asked us, you know, to, to go and look at it, give us some feedback. And so we, we go to look for it and we say, we see, Laquita Brown. <laughs> that's not her name. That's oh, oh, that's that, that's her name. Day, it's still, it's still Laquita Brown. <laughs> Mike, when are you going to change her name? Just put legendary Laquita. Laquita Brown. Like, where you even get that from? Struggle days. The struggle days. We but shout out to our man. Days. We done put. I done put all my friends to work. Even my children. Even yep. my former flames. Everybody gonna get this work. At the ABC Awards in Black Rides Weekend. That's it. Yeah. I can't wait for next summer. Oh. We got a tip coming in from outside of here. <laughs> what? We got a request to talk about romantic relationships and dating. Ooh, okay. Because <laughs> you know I'm a relationship expert. And I'm newly in a relationship. I know. Okay. So, me. I'm just saying, relationships... I mean, it's so beautiful, but it's so routine. I like my relationship. That's good. My relationship was 17 years in the making. Oh, my gosh. I'm just Talk about your love story. My love story. (laughs) My high school boyfriend that was 6'6 in high school. (laughs) Here we go with the 6'6. And he is a giant. (laughs) Big old teddy bear. We were so busy being kids and playing basketball and having fun, we never had sex. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't me, obviously. I Clearly, was doing with it. this team all over Yes, there. I was doing it and stuff. <laughs> and then I dumped him because he was nice and I was young and I didn't know. Young and dumb. Young and dumb. Literally. And then we're nice. doing it to somebody else. You know what? You were so wrong. I wasn't doing so, it to nobody else. Well, eventually. Because you grew up. I should have gave it to him. That was a, a decent relationship for my age, being a teenager. We don't know nothing about him. reached out 17 years later. And it's been working. And it's been working. It has. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. So what advice... Okay, so for me, my relationship advice is, or my dating advice is, um, well, I'm gonna let you go first because I don't really have no dating advice. I say just have fun. I don't have dating advice. I would say when somebody say they wrong, say okay and move the fuck on. Don't be trying to hold no argument. I think women, we frequently yeah. do that, which does nothing but irritate a simple ass man. But I mean, there are more things that make it complicated with relationships. So I don't really have no advice. It would have to be specific. I guess what I guess when it comes to dating or getting into that point of being in a relationship um i guess going back to the conversation with the fellas it's being it's it boils down to being authentic for me and just Mm -hmm. communicating 
And, you know, I was talking to you just recently about just the energy in Atlanta when it comes to these dudes. And I'm so open to dating outside of the planet Earth at this point. I dated. I would say don't look for it. I was having fun before he came around. I mean, well, you know, I don't be looking for nothing either. But, you know, but, a, lot of, a lot of women are serial daters. They can't be single and enjoy their singledom. They, singledom. Yeah, I made, no, I made a word. <laughs> ding, ding. Um, you know, it's okay to be alone. It's okay. It is. And it's actually peaceful. happy space. I spent a lot of time alone since my last relationship. And I'm okay. I didn't die. Actually, I was processing that. Because... Oh, shit. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Because my last relationship, I was about 28. When I exited out my last commitment. Yeah. And that was before we hit our 30s? Yes. I was, because I remember, I was about 29. I remember saying, I ain't want to go with my 30s with this bullshit. <laughs> I remember saying it. So it was definitely before I turned 30. Uh, it's when I, I, you know, I walked away from my last commitment. And then I was so focused on business and my, and, and work. And then you came into the picture where you were there every day. <laughs> So life was different. I remember that because I was coming out of my relationship. Yep. So you was coming up, <laughs> puny, looking like a like a pencil. She was coming out of her relationship. I was definitely coming out of mine. He needs to go, and we oh we, our common ground was making money. Mm-hmm. And so what better time was to throw my all my energy into making money after a heartbreak. So, but to make money, you know, we had to build relationships, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, Atlanta's fun to build relationships in. Oh, we've had some time. And I was, you know, I was, you know, having fun all of my thirties. You know what I learned from my first business partner? What? The best meetings don't happen in boardrooms. At all. They happen at bars. Yep. They happen at casinos. Yep. Cigar, cigar, cigar bars. Yep. The dance floor. Met some great people we've been in business with just from hanging out, and that was that was the life for like the past four years. And until you know, I I, I met somebody who challenged that space for me. You know. Yes. I ain't gonna say his name, but you call him Poppy. Poppy. <laughs> but in any event, I met somebody who I really liked, and he was the first person I was gonna consider. You know, giving him, you know, being his girlfriend. Because before he ain't want me to my girlfriend. That's boring. <laughs> I don't want to do that. And it's like, ugh, no. But with him, handsome, um, stable, ugh, handsome. Okay, dude. <laughs> he was so nice to climb up on. Dang. Uh, But other than that, I mean, it, it got to the point where life was happening for me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't trust him enough. I already had a person. You my person. So and I, people don't seem to understand that. It's not even a girlfriend thing. We are not girlfriends. We don't sleep together. We do shop for each other. We do cook for each other. She is very spoiled, and so am I. But <laughs> <laughs> but like it, when it when it comes to being <laughs> finding a safe space, that person, whether it be a man or a woman, um Quita was my person. So, and for 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 him, he needed his ego, you know, to right. kind of be rubbed a little bit. And I wasn't really down with that. And I wasn't really down with giving him those parts of me. And he didn't really earn it. I got some 
somebody already I can do that with. <laughs> so I ain't really care about. So needless to say, that shit really began to fizzle out, and it was always friction. We were never on the same page at the same time, and. But he to, was fun though. He was fun. He we was got really a lot fun. Of laughs. Yep. He was supportive. Yes, and he was nice to climb. Did I already say that? Yes, you said okay. that already. <laughs> Dang, I'm still trying to get over that part. <sighs> okay. Anyway, so what was it that? What were we talking about? <laughs> oh, let me see what's this other. We got what was the request on the bottom? I'm already ready to talk. On about. the bottom. <laughs> Stop mocking me. Partnership, y'all talk about business or not relationship. <laughs> so when finding a person. When finding a person, what are some deal breakers? And then, what is the most important detail of a partnership, rather romantic or platonic? And then that'll probably be it. Oh well, the the I guess the characteristics I look for in a partner is ambition, confidence, because I feel like if you all if you're ambitious, you're never gonna be broke. You're gonna always want something mm-hmm. more. And then there's a certain type of way you carry yourself when you always aspire. You know, want more shit. And then being confident. You just easier to deal with. I can't talk to nobody that's insecure. I can't even build nothing with nobody that's insecure. I don't want to make you feel great about yourself. I need you to feel great already. And I'm going to just hype you up from there. Right. Um. So it got to be those two things. And I've I've dated all types of men. I've dated somebody that looked like Shrek. He yeah. was fun as shit. Yeah. Um, I've dated somebody that looked like Suge Knight. He was fun as shit. Um, I've dated somebody that looked like um the 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 tall, dark, skinny nigga. I, I they been tall, six five, six six, short, about five five. Young. Yes. Oh young. <laughs> we ain't gonna talk oh, about how young. That's all that story. So for me, <clears throat> I don't have a preference. You just gotta have those characteristics. Like you just gotta be that person. And then we and you and I, we can vibe and we can hang out and we can kind of go from there. Please don't ask me to be a girlfriend though. I don't, the girlfriend thing, I'm going to be that anyway by us just hanging out and just being around each other. That's going to happen anyway. But if you want to plan these things, that, that's when I start, get away. I'm just saying. So just hang around and just be around me and that's easy. And what was the other question? <laughs> Okay, yeah, I already answered that. What about you? <laughs> I don't have either or because I wasn't looking for somebody. This is true. I really was okay being single, just having fun. I was you. That's because you was having fun with me, man. <laughs> that was enough for me. <laughs> that was more than enough. For I mean, me. now that I recognize that I want more, like for me. To connect with somebody, it has to be more of a of a, a mental and emotional connection. On on not on a love me and it's heavy and let's fall deeply. More on a fun and light and laughing and you get me and I get you and we you know exchanging ideas and we just talking about dumb shit, just enjoying each other. That's how for me how it grows and how the connection kind of gets there. Now you interviewing me, now you creating boundaries for me. Not you telling me what you want and then you mad that I don't want the same damn thing as you at the same damn time. I don't want to deal with that shit. Just be around me. Let's spend time together. Have, you know, do some nasty stuff. I can't deal. And then <laughs> let's do it again. And if you if we like it, let's do it again. And then let's do it again. And then while we're doing it, 
Let's talk. Oh, <laughs> that sounds simple, right? Okay, cool. That go my dating advice book. Boom. There you have it. All right, y'all. That's it. Season finale. I'll see y'all next season, I guess. See season three. Bye. Hopefully not on the camera. Right. You know what? No, she won't be in season because she's gonna be in every season. Um, and also, y'all, we got movies and books and stuff coming out. Yeah. And so eventually we're gonna have her website up. She's gonna have new headshots and stuff. Look. But until then. You want me to say to the camera what I want to say about headshots? Sure. If Eric Gray can still have his headshot after all this time, I can still have my headshot after all this time. It works. I'm not commenting on that. What? Eric. You know, hey, you're a great Eric writer. Eric still so. looks the same, though. No, so Eric don't. Eric, you got this picture that you've been using for 15, <laughs> 20 years. It's been 20 years. You look the same to me the last time I seen you at the awards, so I say it works. Eric, 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 get a new picture. Actually, Eric, oh, Eric, we're going to make a deal. Well, we don't if know. you get a new headshot, you will be future. At the next Black Rise Weekend 2021, <laughs> you're going to have a whole stage. And we're going to have your new headshot on this side and then the, the old headshot on this side so people can see the transition. And we're going to celebrate you getting a new headshot because it's been 20 years. I can't deal. I guess we're going to celebrate both of us getting a new headshot. Yeah, and I mean, you got to get one because when Eric do it, then you're going to do it. All right. Sounds like a plan. All right, cool. That's be that. So, Eric, we're going to talk about it. Deuces. <laughs> I got to pee.